Welcome back to the 16th Street Scanner. I'm AJ Hecht. I am joined once again by my good pal, Tyler Page. Tyler, how are we doing? Oh, I'm doing good, AJ. Uh, awesome. It's been a minute, but I'm getting ready for next weekend. Uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still watching mm-hmm. races in the, in the free time I have. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get right into it. How do you feel that it's been like three weeks since the last race? Uh, well, the momentum definitely, uh, got killed. I spent some time last weekend watching, uh, you know, uh, F1 and I'm, I was, I was in a bar with a bunch of F1 fans and, mm-hmm. you know, people, a lot of drivers survive people. Cause it's like America. Yeah. Um, that's what we are, uh, for <laughs> F1 fans mostly I'd say. And, uh, the excitement was there, but like the race sucked, honestly, yeah. it was, it was a Red Bull one too. Mm-hmm. Um, and all I could think was like wonder what IndyCar would be doing right now. And mm-hmm. some of the drivers in the F1 race were like making comments. But, you yeah, know. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> like, Kevin Magnuson. Feels like a, yeah. He's like, this feels like an IndyCar race. <laughs> and maybe that's not a bad thing, but you know. But I, the, I uh, think it's good for F1. Yeah. But the camera's on the midfield though, F1. Um, I, that's always frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I watched the F1 race too. I mean, it was kind of like. I just needed something. <laughs> yeah, you got to scratch the itch, you know. But that's the problem, though. Like, if if there's no, you know, nothing out there to find for IndyCar wise, like you're gonna have to go somewhere else. That's not good for IndyCar. No, you're either going to NASCAR or you're going F1. Yeah, I mean, maybe I should start watching NASCAR. I feel like I identify more with that sport um, <laughs> than I do there, F1 sometimes. But there, which I just, I didn't mention this when we first uh, came on at the top of the show. It's Sunday, March twenty sixth. Um, once we're done recording here, F one or sorry, NASCAR's at Coda this weekend. I think the race starts at like three thirty. So there you go, you got All something. Right. Plus, yeah. it's at a track you're familiar with. It'll be yeah. uh, spend my afternoon, you know, just yeah, getting some racing in. So if anyone at IndyCar is listening, just know that we're finding our, <laughs> you know, we're filling the gaps elsewhere. We're filling the gaps that you should be filling. Yes. Okay. Put the content out there. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to release it during the race. Okay. You can release the behind the scenes stuff on your social media. Yeah. You do a good. Yeah. They do a good job at that mostly. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just hope they find a race to fill in the gap here soon because I can't do this again next year. This is brutal. <laughs> and I think it was like this last year too. And it feels like you might as well wait. You just like you know. Yeah. Might as well just wait a few more weeks, put St. Pete back a couple yeah. weeks. I don't know. I'm sure there's logistics. Yeah. It makes no sense though. Like you have to find something. You can't go a month. Cause I like, I did see they, they went down to Argentina. We're scouting out a race down there, which hopefully that would fill the gap, which would be cool. Yeah. That'd be new, new. Uh, I don't think they've ever had a race down there before. They've raced in Brazil before, but 
Yeah, they could figure something out. Do you think Even like if- a, a good amount of fan of the fan base is from like Latin America? Um, I mean, there's a pretty big, I mean, Brazil in general, like mm-hmm. is a big racing country. Um, cause they have like their own domestic series. Tony Canaan too is kind of the big Brazilian and Elio Castroneves obviously are the two big Brazilian drivers that have been in, in IndyCar and been the most successful, but they've had guys driving an IndyCar for a good long while. And there, there used to be, they've had plenty of races down there back in the nineties. They had a race at, I think in Rio, um, IndyCar wasn't that long ago, raced down in Sao Paulo. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely an option, um, but I don't know if there's any good options right now. Argentina with uh, Juncos Racing. Oh, I guess Juncos Hollinger Racing now. Um, he's from Argentina. And one of their drivers, uh, Augusto Canapino, I can't remember what his name is, uh, rookie this year. He's Argentinian too. So I think that like that would be a good option. Um, but also with Pato Award, I think they should look for a race in Mexico. I don't know where, but um, yeah, I'm not big on the, I don't know the ins and outs of the Mexican racing scene. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, maybe IndyCar doesn't. They do some exploratory, uh, you know, surveys, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, at least it sounds like, you know, it sounds like they're exploring options to fill fill some time um yeah so that's probably necessary especially when other autosport just keeps growing growing oh yeah that is the big problem is that they're the only ones kind of standing still although i have been paying attention nascar's tv ratings have not been great this year that was the big news a couple weeks back right yeah yeah they've (laughs) been total drop tanking yeah yeah yeah, I think it was down like 600,000 people last week or something I thought I saw. So, yeah, I mean, at least IndyCar, I mean, that would be half IndyCar's <laughs> audience, which would be not great. Um, uh-huh. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's also part of a wider conversation that they just need more races in general. Yeah. Like, I mean, granted, F1 has what, like 25 races and NASCAR has like 34 or 36 or something, which is way too many. Mm-hmm. But 17 is not enough. Like they're just not visible enough, and being on NBC with the Olympics too. I don't is this an Olympic year? I don't know, but they get bumped off TV for a couple of weeks in the middle of the summer, you know, for the Olympics, and yeah, I don't know. They just need more races. That's yeah. kind of how I feel about it, just generally. Yeah, and then well, there's Jerry Ryan's story for you coming in. Uh, um, he owns forty percent of NBC, so does uh, he really? Yeah, yeah. I did not know that. So yeah, that's where a lot of his money is, and he's clearly back in the wrong horse who cares about the olympics i mean i do sometimes but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I prefer i'm a winter olympics guy i don't know about you i, I prefer summer honestly you do? but yeah but well you're Indy, a runner you're a runner yeah of course if IndyCar like is on guy. though like i'd rather honestly i'd rather watch IndyCar than yeah the olympics it doesn't really do i'm uh, i'm big into the skiing and um i've always loved curling there was mm-hmm. one year I got really into curling during the Winter Olympics. Yeah, so big basically, curling, big curling in Nashville. It's a big spot for curling. Is it really? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. There mm-hmm. was in when I lived in Denver, there was a curling center. This is way off topic, but there was a curling center right off six, kind of west of downtown. Mm-hmm. It had classes and stuff. I really wanted to go and I never did, and I regret it deeply. Oh, well, you know, you could take your broom, go outside. You'll probably still get one more snow here. Um, I don't know. It's like 60 degrees in Indianapolis today. It's great. Oh, 
it's not that here. <laughs> didn't it snow by you guys? Yeah, it snowed like yesterday. It didn't yeah. like in Chicago, it didn't really land, you know, it didn't yeah. stick. It never, it rarely does in the suburbs, it sticks. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, we're getting way off topic. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, need more races. We need more races. Yeah. You know, if they have to go south to get the weather, go for it, baby. Um, so, uh, you, you know, you were talking to me about this, uh, this video game, uh, news. Uh, I'm, I'm, I gotta say, I played need, you know, I played need for speed. Yeah. Uh, I played Gran Turismo growing up. Mm-hmm. I've never played, I played an F1 game for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, never played an IndyCar game. Yeah. So the, for you and for others who aren't familiar, um, IndyCar hasn't had a video game, its own video game in almost 20 years. Like I was a little kid the last time they had it. I remember I, I bought it. It was like 2002 or 2003 for my computer. And I had my little joystick that I played it with, but that was the last one. It was like, then they made one for Xbox, I think right after that, but that was forever ago. And that was the last exclusive game. And they've like been in Forza and, on iRacing and stuff like they've had and some of the other you know racing sims that aren't is iRacing's kind of like the most notable one now most yeah. mainstream mm-hmm. um so when uh so you can go can you go on is it easy for you to go into iRacing and say I want to do a solo race on you know on this oval on Indy 500 on you know Texas like No. And that's part of the problem. So it's been so long since they've had a video game and especially a console game like, Mm -hmm. you know, like Forza or Gran Turismo or F1. Yeah, it's all on PC. And you got to have the setup, you know? Yeah. And so everyone's been, you know, griping about not having an IndyCar video game forever. Like as Mm -hmm. long as I can remember. And IndyCar finally was like, all right, we'll make a video game. Like, let's do it, you know? And yeah. so they went out and there's this company, Motorsports Games, that I don't know all the ins and outs of what's going on over there, but they've had some trouble. And like, I think they did a NASCAR game that was pretty, from what I've seen online, was pretty bad. Yeah. Like, it... totally fell short of expectations. <laughs> um, and then British Touring Car, I think. Okay. Had a deal to make a game and it just never happened. Hmm. Somewhere along the line, the whole thing fell apart and it just never got released. And so when IndyCar announced that they were going to make this game with Motorsports Games, everyone was like, oh no, <laughs> like <laughs> it's not actually going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so they, you know, they were still like, you know, it's coming along. And there at one point, motorsports game had like a Russian office and apparently some of the developers didn't get paid. And so they were like holding the content hostage and like threatened to release it and a whole bunch of stuff, but it's still gradually, you know, seemed like there was some progress being made. Um, And then the other day, I don't know if it was like Friday or Saturday or what, but they did their earnings call for the quarter and they announced that they were delaying the game for Mm -hmm. at least a year. And they IndyCar had been saying like, oh, yeah, we're expecting like a beta version around the 500 and then like getting it out later this year. (laughs) So, yeah. So people are upset that there's no video game. Yeah. And I I mean, I know people who work in video game development. I know several people. And obviously in that industry, they're always pushing 
you know, more, they want more and they want it done faster. Right. Yeah. Uh, but like to say, you're going to go into beta, uh, in two months yeah, and then, you know, you're just lying through your teeth to your uh, publisher at that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. so that, that's kind of crazy. Uh, I, I don't think there's an excuse, um, for, for not having an indie car game for so long. There's a lot, especially now. Mm-hmm. Video games are kind of thriving. They're kind of having mm-hmm. their own moment with these independent developers. Mm-hmm. And it'd be pretty, I'm not going to say it'd be easy, but you have more options than you have ever had before of reaching out, finding a team of people who can build this for you yeah. uh, in some capacity. It might yeah. be more arcadey than you would like it to be, mm-hmm. but it'll be there. Yeah. So. And I mean, I don't know what they're going for. Um, if they were looking for something more arcadey or something more sim like part of the other problem in in why people are so upset is that it was like an exclusive deal mm-hmm. so like on iRacing they had an indie car on there the Delara whatever IR12 I I can't remember the DW12 that's what it's called um they had that car on there um Indianapolis Motor Speedway's on there everything and it was branded as like an indie car um, they had official races and I, I've done a little bit of iRacing. I know you haven't. Um, they have series that run races every day for, you know, mm-hmm. weeks at a time. I, I, um, I see all the, ra- like, have you, there's a good subreddit for uh, uh-huh. like iRacing uh, referees or I can't remember what it is where, but it's like, <laughs> you'll, you know, record your clip and you'll be like, Hey, was, was I this wrong? <laughs> oh that's i didn't know that yeah. was a thing i'm, yeah, I'm gonna check that out yeah check it out uh I'll, yeah. I'll i'll figure it out where it is yeah um but because they made this exclusive deal with motorsports games they had to get rid of like all the indycar related mm-hmm. materials on iRacing. so like the car is still there but it's like the delara whatever um and in any of the official series they can't use the car and it can't be like broadcasted online or anything um like uh, like through officially yeah. through i racing um you can still run in like private races or whatever but and they used to do like an i racing indy 500 every year stuff like that and that's all gone now and so people are really upset that that stuff is all gone and now mm-hmm. the game isn't going to happen my my frustration through all this comes from people complaining about it that's what really <laughs> pisses me you know gets me going is because like iRacing doesn't reach anyone else. No one who doesn't know what IndyCar is is just gonna like Go scroll on, on to iRacing yeah. and start you know playing because like, oh look at this cool car I saw in iRacing. No. Yeah, you have to be somewhat I-Racing. educated to Well and it's a huge investment. Like you need yeah. like a thousand dollar gaming like the 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 specs you need to be able to run iRacing. Mm-hmm is ridiculous and to run it at like a good level yeah i i can't even play anymore my computer is like (laughs) too and it's not like i have a bad computer it's not a gaming computer but like a run-of-the-mill computer cannot handle iRacing yeah that's a problem yes Um. and so and you also like you don't want to play if you're gonna spend a grand on a computer on a pc Mm -hmm. to be able to play this game you're not going to want to plug in your PlayStation controller and play on that. You're going to want a steering wheel and pedals and the seat and everything. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, I bought right at the beginning of the pandemic, I bought a steering wheel and it was like the low end and it was like 200 bucks. Yeah. 
that's like the bare minimum in terms of if you already have the PC, it's 200 bucks. Yeah. Plus iRacing is subscription based. So <laughs> if you want to iRace for one year, it's like a hundred something bucks for a subscription for the year. Yeah. You're looking at 300 yeah. on top of the high end, you know, yeah, maybe not even high end. Like my PC can run most video games. I'm sure it can mm-hmm. run iRacing, but it's yeah. like, you know, you're looking at a big upfront cost and, you know, especially for kids. I remember mm-hmm. playing, you know, I, I'm a, like, I, I wasn't playing. I would be the show when I was a kid, but I was playing like RBI baseball or whatever the yeah. equivalent was. I was playing Madden and those like, it, they are actually good teaching tools. Yeah. Um, Cause you kind of get the commentary and the commentators are kind of explaining how things work uh-huh. a little bit more than they are during a race. I would say. Yeah, uh, it's not just here's the result of what we just saw. How does yeah. that impact? It's like, yeah, it breaks it down for you. So yeah. that's that is a big gap, you know. I would say, you know, well, in one of my first exposures to F1 was when the PS3 first came out. One of the first big games out there was F1 2005 or whatever, mm-hmm. and so I bought that, and that's how I learned about half the F1 teams, half the F1 tracks that are still there today. Like, yeah, you could. Race with Juan Pablo Montoya and Kimi Raikkonen and Jensen Button is in there and um, uh, Nico Rosberg. And I that was before Lewis Hamilton. But like, you know, the Ferraris are in there with Michael Schumacher. And, you know, yeah, like that's how I kind of first got familiar with F1. And yeah, like it's because I could walk into Best Buy and pay 40 bucks and walk out with it and go plug it into, in, you know, put it in my PlayStation that I already had that I could play a hundred other games on. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I, yeah. and, I mean, the fact that anyone can walk in and buy it and go play it, like that's way bigger deal than having branded stuff on iRacing, in my opinion. I would agree with that. And I would love to have an IndyCar game that I, I know, I, you know, you might want the wheel and the pedals, but yeah. like, the haptic controller on PlayStation 5, uh, haptics meaning like it gives you feedback, kind yeah. of like they yeah. make it harder to press buttons down. If mm-hmm. like, like uh, you know, I've played racing games on there before. And like if you're holding, you know, the right trigger to throttle, it gets a little bit more difficult to hold it down mm-hmm. the faster you go. Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff I would love for an IndyCar game, even that I can just play with the controller. Um, yeah. No, I have like F1 2012 or whatever for the for the PS3. I'm way behind. I'm like That's <laughs> two generations behind, but still it's still kicking, so it works for me. But like I play that with my controller. I've played that for years with my controller and I had a mm-hmm. great time doing it. And yeah, I don't know. I think getting a console game is way more important than continuing to have like iRacing's great. I love it. It's cool. Um it's fun to get on and feel like you're driving an actual car. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not going to do anything for IndyCar's popularity or exposure, in my opinion. Yeah, you want to get the kids in. That's what yeah. it should be. Get the get your ten year olds on the game, get them learning about the sport, and build yeah. a generation of IndyCar yeah. fans. Exactly. I'm totally with you. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're on the same page. <laughs> Most of the time we will be, but you know, yeah, uh, I, I I have some sticking points. Uh, it might- <laughs> It might make for better content if you didn't agree with me, but I'm I mean, glad. come on, I'm willing to sacrifice that. Yeah, 
So okay. this was this was uh you know it wasn't the first time I've watched an old oil race, uh-huh. but it is like well you know, to preface that, so you rewatched last year's to get it now to move on to yes, we should preface that the Texas race this weekend. Um you watched the last year's race, the 2022 yes, Texas race to prepare. XPL, what was it? XPL um expel 375, I think. Yeah, 375. Which is also then changing the sponsor name. Um maybe I'm just not skilled at finding stuff, but like mm-hmm. took me a second to figure out how to find that on Peacock. Uh yeah. their, their search also sucks. But um yeah. So, yeah, I watched that. Uh, it felt like a different oval race because I've never watched Texas. Mm-hmm. It felt very quick in terms of the turns. Um, like, I, well, different it, than Indy, different than other races. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of the thing, I mean, it's a mile and a half. Texas is a mile and a half. It's, you know, called a D-shaped oval, D-shaped oval or tri-oval. Um but the turns are banked like 20 something degrees. So they're still going 200. I mean, I don't know if you noticed a couple of times they flashed the, mm-hmm. the average speed for that, like the last lap. Um, and a lot of times it's over 210 miles an hour. So like they're moving pretty quick there. Um, but yeah, it's, t- it's, they're typically shorter races than the 500 too. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. It went by quick. Um mm-hmm especially the latter half, the first half, um, kind of mired in, uh, in, uh, some, some crashes, uh, yeah. you know, uh, what was it? Rossi went out within the first few laps of the, Oh I, yeah. I, I don't know. I didn't catch what happened to his car. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, some sort of failure. Yeah. Um, some sort of electronic thing. Yeah. He said the battery died. Power yeah. died. Um, so I thought the whole time, the whole time I'm sitting there, thinking like okay this you know we're gonna see uh you know scotty mac go back to back mm-hmm. and it was not the case i don't know <laughs> <laughs> the last like you know half lap lap mm-hmm. new garden comes up the side and just finishes right for him and like what a tease i don't know i <laughs> you know he didn't get it, it was good it was good racing but it felt a little weird you know, I'm sure like not having, well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure not having watched any oval races or all aside from the 500. Um, I'm sure it was a weird experience just kind of having to take some readjusting. Um, but Texas is like known for these like run to the line finishes, like, you know, two, three wide at the stripe kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Texas. It's, it's had a rough couple of years, um, but last year's race was genuinely a good race and not like the, the old school Texas version was the entire field would be side by side for all 250 laps. And like, no one could get more than, cause they were just flat out the whole way around. You yeah. know, and it was just, you know, it was just so what, a pack race. What have they done to change that over the years? I guess they mentioned that a few times during the broadcast that they were trying to get passing. Um, yeah. So a couple of years ago, because I don't know if they still do NASCAR race there twice a year. And obviously NASCAR makes way more money. I don't know if you noticed, but the stands were pretty <laughs> sparsely yeah. populated. I could have wandered in there if I wanted. Yeah. Well, that that's a whole nother thing, too, because that was like the last race of the contract. And um, they didn't really promote it 
too well because it had been such a dud for the last couple of years. And then it was a great race. So they, you know, they re-upped their contract. But I think they were just kind of like, we're not going to invest any money in this race because it's not going to happen next year. But mm-hmm. then it turned out to be a good race. So they were kind of like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> maybe we should have put in some effort into this. But um, NASCAR essentially had them reprofile the track. So, like, turns three and four are more steeply banked than one and two now. And I don't know if you noticed, but it's there was, like, the kind of lighter pavement down low and then darker pavement up high. Mm-hmm. NASCAR has this thing called PJ one and it's this, you know, like kind of like stick them. I think I don't, I don't know. I've never actually felt it, but it's supposed to increase traction. Okay. And so the point for NASCAR is to like increase, make it so there's multiple lines that you can run during the race. Um, and for whatever reason, when they put it down a couple of years ago, it, stained the entire track and so that's mm-hmm. why it's dark up there and as pavement gets hotter it it's harder to get a good grip on the hotter pavement yeah you're baking whatever you put on there yeah and um that's the thing that comes up in like you know the 500 when it's 95 degrees out um is that it's you know slippery and you know they're having trouble yeah through the turns so that that leads me to a question um that came up during the race was uh, they, they talked about how uh, someone mentioned that this race is, is it true that it's in June a lot? Uh, um, It used to be. So it used yeah. to be a night race. Okay. Um, And for whatever reason, the last couple of years, they've been doing it during the day and it used to be. Yeah. Like I said, in the summer. In, yeah. So they night, they reduced track temp by bumping it up to March. And so that will make you, have more uh traction presumably right i think that's kind of like it's just better weather in general um they would there was one year where it they got maybe like 15 laps in or something and it just poured down rain Mm -hmm. and then it poured down rain the next day and they essentially had to because i think it was like right it was the weekend before lama the 24 hours of lama Mm -hmm. and a bunch of drivers had to go over yeah, to get to Lama, and so they're like, "All right, instead of having this on Tuesday, we're gonna just kick it back a couple, you know, like two months or whatever." So like, it was originally planned for June, and then in like the middle of August, everyone came back, and they started restarted the race at like lap thirty or whatever. So um, when that happens, like, another question: Who are the officials? Like in the enough uh, one, they call them the FIA. Who is the so uh, IndyCar is its own sanctioning body. Mm-hmm. So like the FIA sanctions Formula One. So mm-hmm. the FIA kind of governs everything that happens in Formula One. They set the for- the literal formula for the cars. Yeah. Um. You know all the the you know procedural rules when they're throwing safety cars when it's a virtual yeah. safety car that kind of stuff. Um. IndyCar does that themselves. There's no like. There's no FIA of north america and so like nascar operates the same way like nascar runs nascar and like the nhra nhra runs then our nhra who's who's accountable for mistake like okay so we were talking about texas and they moved Uh, would they reimburse teams for anything there like who made that call to um push it i mean well it's probably it was indycar but it was probably also partially the track um 
and they're paying to host the race. They're pay, like they're paying a promoter, like a promotion fee mm-hmm. and a sanctioning fee to host the IndyCar race there. Because, uh, you know, IndyCar wouldn't really get out of it, anything out of it if they, you know, paid to run the race. And then, you know, the whole all the gate and concession money went to the track. Um, so I think it was partially like, you know, if we have a race on a Tuesday afternoon, no one's going to come anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll make everything more difficult. and logistically for the teams to get back to the shop and whatever. I I can't remember the exact circumstances of why I might be mixing up years. Cause there've been a couple of years where it's yeah, just the, the, the schedule with Lamont and that kind of stuff. Um, but regardless, IndyCar made the decision. Yes. To move it. Um, okay. That's uh, uh that's interesting. Um, so uh, yeah, it makes sense. They're doing it in March. Uh, I wonder if there's another race they can move around even, uh, or that would benefit them to move around. Uh, the only one I can think of, I mean, the problem is like the schedule isn't that packed that they can like everything's kind of got two weeks either way because mm-hmm. there's going to be Texas and then two weeks it's Long Beach. And then two weeks after that is Alabama. Um, and then a couple weeks after that is Indy. So everything's kind of spaced out two weeks. So if you move anything, you're, you're still going to end up with, with like, a gap. A, yeah. So like the only way to really fix the, the gap issue is either to move St. Pete back a couple weeks or find another race. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. And it was, there was some weird parts about this race for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um. What, like one was, uh, you know, seeing DeFrancesco getting a big crash <laughs> again. Yeah. Uh, especially after St. Pete this year. Um, and it seems like that was caused by DeFrancesco, but they're going three wide. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, seeing uh, Ferrucci again, that was very reminiscent of last mm-hmm. week. Uh, I didn't know that they're like, they do, like, do they have reserve drivers? Like, well, so Jack Harvey crashed in practice, I think. Yes. Yeah. And was concussed and so couldn't race. And so they just, Santino lives in Dallas, so he was, you know, close by. Um, and I don't know if it was the year before. It might have been the year before. Santino ran like a third car for yeah, it had to have been the year before. Um Santino ran a third car for a couple of handful of races for Ray Hall Letterman in 2021. So he's kind of familiar already with the team and everything, so and he was close by. So they just called him up and you know. It's either that or, I mean, there's probably some Indy Lights guys, although Texas, I don't think Indy Lights runs in Texas or sorry, Indy NXT, Indy Next. Yeah. Um, but you could just, could you pop one of the pit guys in there, you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, I know you. I think everyone yeah. would die if that happened. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's also Texas. Like, it's kind of the most one outside of the 500. It's one of the most intense. Oh, yeah. I mean. Races. Yeah. I I mean, it's a lot of times they'll have guys do rookie orientation for the 500 at Texas. It seemed like it. I mean, when when a guy's he's clipping someone on accident, I I can't remember who that was. Might have been Kirkwood. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just like, you know, you you tap the tire and you're trying to be competitive and then you end up in the wall within like the next two seconds and you're going 200 miles an hour. Yeah, that's. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's. I the mean, learning curve is steep, it seems like. Yes, it absolutely is. And like there have been some 
some pretty bad wrecks there, like Kenny Brack in 2003. He won, he won the 99 Indy 500 and um, he got clipped and went up into the catch fence and, you know, broke his back and people thought he might, you know, yeah, he was dead maybe. And um, like he came back and ended up racing again, I think within two years, but it was like a huge crash. And like a couple of years ago at Pocono, mm-hmm. um, which until that left the schedule, that was probably the next behind the 500. It was probably the 500 Pocono and then Texas in terms of speed. Um, and a guy got paralyzed there, Robert Wickens. Um, so yeah, it's like pretty high stakes. <laughs> if you, if you mess up, it's, it could be yeah. bad. So, yeah. And part of that, you know, part of that, uh, happens, I think in IndyCar more, uh, just because there's so many drivers, they said there, there are 27 drivers in last year's race, mm-hmm. uh, entering, uh, like how does IndyCar work exactly? Uh, cause that's something I, I'm still have solid ground on. Do you, you don't run the same, you don't always run the same drivers, the same throughout, right? No. And so like a lot of times teams will run, you know, there's some guys that are like only run ovals, like Ed Carpenter, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He only runs ovals because he's not a great road and street course driver. So we'll he, see different guys next weekend, some. Um, I don't know. I haven't looked at the entry list. Um, I don't think there's anyone that isn't um yeah you, like you don't know if there's any oval specific guys on teams it's just interesting to me uh to have to you know kind of do the mental math uh uh-huh. and you know they i think they do a decent job th- the broadcast team of like saying okay here they are for chip ganassi yeah. or whatever um but it does it, it makes difference cuz like i don't you don't know how many i don't know how many drivers are going to show up next race <laughs> whereas like i know the whole field for other things you know i know like the the whole 40 man on the socks i know most like probably 98 percent of those guys yeah um it makes it a little bit different yeah i mean you do have the core guys and like a lot of these you know one-off drivers aren't really competitive um the only exception really is ed carpenter like he'll be there next weekend for sure Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know of anyone else that's, I mean, there's Marcus Armstrong and Takuma Sato who are sharing the car. So instead of Marcus Armstrong, you'll get Takuma Sato. Sato will be driving the 11 for and, Chip Ganassi. And he had a great race last year for most of it. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, until he ran into, De- <laughs> into Devlin, but yeah, there was, that was like the interesting thing about watching the oval was like just, uh, keeping, trying to keep track of the momentum mm-hmm. swings. Yeah. Like, other than uh, Scotty Mack up front, <laughs> yeah, it was like things kept changing around. Yeah, uh, it's more strategy based than uh, than I would imagine. Um, yeah, no, it's it's that was one thing I was thinking about when I was rewatching this. Is like it's all about the momentum. Like mm-hmm. if you if you lose your momentum, you are screwed. You yeah. like there's nothing else you can do. So like that's the priority is keeping that momentum and keeping the track position. Um, but it is like, it's people, you know, oh, they're just turning left, yeah. you know, like it gets this really bad reputation. Was it South Park? I can't remember who, who, who a family oh, it's, guy. It's, I, it's been around, but I <laughs> yes. feel like it started somewhere. Uh, it could have, I don't know for sure, but I mean, like, you know, the people look down on it, but it's in like the driving is way more precise. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're and, and especially in like a, you know, a 25 second lap like this 
Yeah, you're going uh, half a second is yeah a ton I, of time. I can't remember who pitted during the last uh, year's race, uh, but they pit and they had like a two second mistake. And yeah. it's like, that's it. Your race is over. Yeah, I think it was Colton Herta, actually. <laughs> Probably. They couldn't get his front left tire on. And yeah, he uh, yeah, he was out of it. Like, yeah. It's a big, big deal. And um, I think it was Travis Pastrana, like the dirt bike rider, mm-hmm. ran a couple NASCAR races. And, he, you know, like in a dirt bike, you just throw it into the turn. Like, you don't yeah. really think about it. If you need to go faster, you just go faster. <laughs> <laughs> But like on an oval in an Indy car, even NASCAR too, like they, those guys don't get enough respect for what they're doing either, in my opinion. But like, if you want to go faster, you just have to hit your marks more perfectly. Like you have to hit the apex at the exact spot. You need to hit the apex. You need to turn more precisely. You need to get like nail that turn in point, your breaking points, whatever. Like it's, there's no hiding. You can't, you know, like on a, on a road course, you can just dive bomb someone and kind of. Yeah. Weasel like, your way in. Yeah. You can't do that. You, no. Like you can't do that. <laughs> on Oval. You can try and then you'll die. Uh, yeah. That's what it seems like. Or you'll get seriously, uh, you know, you're, you're going to wreck the car. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, the way I like to think about it is like, in your opinion, what are some of like the most exciting corners in F1 or tracks? Oh, um, I, you know, I'm going to go with uh, the Red Bull ring. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I like uh, Silverstone. Yeah. Uh, and there's probably, those are the two that are coming to mind, but there's more. Uh, I think, you know, I, I actually saw Miami. I saw a bit of Miami when I was down <laughs> there. We were like driving on the highway and I snapped, snapped a quick photo. Yeah. <laughs> cool. uh, <laughs> but like now that I am watching IndyCar, it takes the pavement makes a huge difference for me in terms oh, yeah. of like, okay, these guys are like it's like a pillow on top of a comforter, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just like gliding along. Mm-hmm. Uh in IndyCar it seems a little bit more rugged. Uh oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> especially coming from St. Pete, where everyone's just <laughs> crashing into that corner. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bumping and flying all over the place and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it is way different. Um, Does uh like F one has a uh, I'm gonna pronounce it wrong. I always pronounce it wrong. Porpoising. Uh, does like does IndyCar have that problem as much? Do people complain about uh you know their head hitting the back of the uh? Well, I mean, you get that with like the bumps at the street courses, but that's not like aerodynamic related yeah. like it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just because IndyCars aren't as reliant on the the aerodynamics and and that it, as reliant on that for grip mm-hmm. um i don't think it's ever really been an issue i mean they do have some ground effect going on but um not nearly to the extent that f1 does so i don't think they ever really deal with that but i mean when you're doing 180 down a regular old city street <laughs> like <laughs> running over manhole covers yeah, and stuff gonna... like that it, you're not gonna notice yeah <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you asked me my favorite courses in F1. Yeah. Um, where is that leading to? Well, so like, think about like you mentioned Silverstone. Like, what is it? Maggots, Beckett's, and Stowe. Is that I can't remember the names of the corner, but like those yeah. three really fast S's mm-hmm. 
an, an oval is just that all the time. Fast, exciting <laughs> corners over and over and over. Yeah, like it's it's not, you know, I mean a, a track like Daytona for NASCAR where you know they're not getting off the gas. It's just they're glued to the ground because it's so steeply banked. Like that, I get that, but I mean, there's a whole different component to that kind of racing that we're not going to get into because that doesn't really matter. But mm-hmm. oval racing is the most exciting corners on any of these F1 tracks. For, yeah. You know, a thousand times. I, I can understand that, uh, especially because they're just whipping by. Um, and like you said, they have to be precise. Yeah. Um, yeah. And one one thing that I thought was pretty fun to watch and some I might start keeping track of this uh, later is just the amount of failed overtakes that were on, on an oval. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy will almost get up, you get almost get bumper mm-hmm. or, you know, front wing to back. Wing. Yeah. Uh, and uh and then he just doesn't have it, you know, mm-hmm. like I do people track that. Are they tracking the amount of opportunities guys have, how many times they're taking that shot and how many times they're successful? Um, I don't know. I, I've never heard of anyone keeping track of that. I've never like because that seems like something I'd want to know. Is this yeah. is, is this guy swinging in the dirt? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, keep track. You okay. could be the first one. I'll try. I'll try my best. I'm not. I'm no. Uh, I'm no like a statistician. You'll, statistician. you'll be the world's foremost expert on failed passes. Failed. Yeah, exactly. Um, like there's little things there that I, I, you know, mm-hmm. average speed into this turn, average speed into that turn. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, the teams are looking at that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, if the data is there, just pop it on the screen. I don't know. Yeah, I know. That's one thing that that you've talked about that I've started to think about more is just like the amount of data that's available for F1 specifically that like IndyCar doesn't really share with anyone. And I think that's something they could definitely work on, but like, yeah, like you said, like trap speeds and stuff, they do that for the 500. They, you know, like, especially during qualifying um, and the timing and scoring that you can pull up online, they show all that. And like it, when you're at, at pull day for the 500, They'll get on the PA and be like, oh, 242 into turn three, you know? <laughs> so it's um, it's there for sure. Yeah. I mean, it has to be these guys. These are highly specialized vehicles. Uh, like, yeah. There's money mm-hmm. that is in there and you want to make sure that you can understand what's happening. Yeah. Um, the other thing that really popped for me at this race was uh, views uh views the vapes <laughs> and we'll get we'll get it right at the top here uh you know we are not endorsed by views uh we have no sponsorship i don't think we yeah. ever will um, <laughs> and we do not condone vaping but i have used views before uh and <laughs> don't condone it but i use it <laughs> i i don't use it now but I, at one point in my life and it feels very weird for me to see a vape sponsor because it it is akin to cigarettes in my mind well um, the, the entire indycar series throughout the 80s and 90s was propped up on cigarette money <laughs> yeah and now it's just vape money yeah is there was there a role like a because i know like marketing laws came down hard on cigarettes mm-hmm. apparently that hasn't happened for vaping at least not in texas <laughs> no i i don't i mean they're they're on the car pretty much all year yeah um 
I don't know if there's any rules. It is interesting to think about like how long that's going to last before someone puts the Knicks on that. Yeah. I mean, it's good money for IndyCar, so I can't complain there. Yeah. Uh, um, but it is, uh, I, you know, you have to think about the long term. How yeah. it, I, it, maybe a war will be fought over vaping for decades. I don't know, but that money I, will dry up. I honestly think it will take longer than we might first assume just because like, think about when people were smoking cigarettes, they didn't like realize how bad it was for yeah a long time. <laughs> yeah. Like if I, I'm not going to claim to be an expert here by any means, but I'm, I'm guessing vaping is probably not good for you. <laughs> Um, but I don't think we know to the extent how not good it is yet. Yeah. You know, or, or is it better for you than smoking? I think there's questions. I really don't. I have no idea. Well, and that's the thing. Like, is, as long as no one's like, sure, no (laughs) one's going to be like, we need to get rid of this. But as soon as the first big study that comes out where it's like (laughs) vaping for, you know, 20 years is like 20 times worse than smoking cigarettes. (laughs) Like it's going to go away real fast. I, Illinois is very, they really has a very strict uh, Mm -hmm. vaping laws. Um, in terms yeah, of they don't even sell like flavors and stuff there anymore. Right? No, I mean I, I can buy it. I know where to get it, but <laughs> like you know, I don't know how how much they're enforcing that stuff. But uh, it's like it's just interesting to see it there. Uh, I wonder is uh, is views is a uh, is there a vape sponsor in in F one at all? I feel like views might be on someone's car. I mean, because it's McLaren. They might be on the McLaren car. I don't know. It's F1's so weird because it's like all the different in the different countries, they all have different advertising laws. So I think it's because like you look at when they're in Bahrain and Saudi Arabia. Oh, yeah. Like any of the alcohol sponsors. I don't know if you noticed, like it's all either like the N.A. brands or whatever. But yep, like you don't see the the alcohol. Yeah. Zero, zero. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean. There's there's other things going on there, but mm-hmm. it's like very uh, it was just something I noticed because views was all over that freaking stadium, mm-hmm. oh, state, state, <laughs> all over the park, you know, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, it makes me a little on edge, you know. Um, yeah. But what are they going to get the box water company? <laughs> they going to come in. <laughs> Welcome to yeah. Boxwater Stadium. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, take the money while you can get it. I don't know. I'm. Yeah, that's where my mind's at. Yeah, because hopefully it'll set you up to get a more legitimate sponsor in the future. Hopefully, and they that's will. Where that they goes. will. Indy cars on the up and up, man. Um, hopefully. Yeah. Um. So I, one thing that I I did really I need to hit this mm. is. Cause I don't know what I'm looking at with mm-hmm. these cars in F1. It's easy to be like, okay, this is how this car is designed. They, mm-hmm. like that, that information is very accessible. Mm-hmm. Do you look for anything on car setup? Um, is there a, a, is there a place to find that stuff? And can you, or can you tell from like the naked eye? Like, what do you do mean? You- like, like how in F1, you know, certain cars are better set up for like high down, high down forest tracks yeah, exactly. in summer. Yeah. Um I not really just because all the like the chassis are all the same, you know. Mm-hmm. Like there isn't I mean there's teams that have better 
programs for, you know, road and street courses than they do like super speedways. And I mean, obviously you have the, you know, Chevy and Honda, the different power units, some of them get better gas mileage. Some of them have probably a higher top speed, but like there was one year where I think it was 2017 when Fernando Alonso first came over to race in the 500. Um, Honda was kind of, you could tell they were kind of turning up the wick a little bit to mm-hmm. try and get a little extra power. And they were, I mean, they, they ultimately won that year. Sato won um, in 2017, but um, they, a couple of their big players late in the race, Alonzo being one of them blew an engine. And there were a couple in the lead up to the race too. I think on carb day, someone blew up. Um, so they're like, there's that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but it's not like so cut and dry where, yeah, it's like when Red is- Bull gets DRS so they're yeah. 20 miles an hour faster than everyone else. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, like in the past, Penske's been, they have a good damper program. Um, so they're good on some of the like road and street courses and um, like Iowa Speedway, for example, Penske always dominates there mm-hmm. um, because it's kind of a rough track that hasn't been repaved in a long time um but other than that and i mean that's just kind of stuff that you accumulate over your time watching the sport i don't think there's any specific place you can go find all of that immediately um it's like i think there's stuff out there on the car specifically if you'd be interested in that yeah i might i might do some research yeah it, it reminds me like i ran into a person recently and they said like they've been watching baseball for 20 years and they still don't when they go to a game they can't tell the difference between like a slider and a fastball and like curveball wow. i'm like you know it's just a different experience maybe mm-hmm. um that's something i look at all the time mm-hmm. uh when i go to a game uh and i'm trying to i i know i keep bringing up baseball i'm trying that is my first love yeah. and i'm trying to bring that over into this no it's a kinda, frame of reference i get it i'm i'm kind of trying to bring that same kind of heat to my yeah. experience of indycar yeah, so. no, I think that's good. I think that's, I think more people should take that approach. Cause I think once you have a better understanding of what's going on, it's just automatically going to get more interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, hopefully there's stuff you can find stuff out there. I'll try and look for some stuff. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there is the IndyCar. They, they do do a decent job at educational stuff. It's just got to mm-hmm. find it. Yeah. Yeah. I know um, they have some YouTube videos and um, uh, they used to have kind of like a, I don't know if they still have it on their website, just kind of like some informational stuff on there. Um, All right, cool. man. Well, um, do you have any anything else you needed to hit? Did you see the uh, 100 Days to Indy trailer? You know, I did not. Should I watch it right now? We we, we can we can watch that offline, but it's all right. <laughs> it's because it's a couple minutes long. It'd be <laughs> a couple minutes of dead air, probably. You will be but... reacting to to some behind the scenes footage yeah but i mean it looks to me it looks it looks like they're kind of on the right track they definitely focused on the right i mean scotty max in there new gardens in there um i think dixon was in there i can't remember but it looked pretty good they debuted at south by southwest in austin oh you know what i did i did see that uh that it debuted there mm-hmm. uh i you know um there's a star wars documentary that also debuted there that i'm oh yeah I'm familiar with the director or one of the directors. So uh, that was, it was a weird crossing of the uh, paths. (laughs) But yeah, it looks, looks like they're on the right track. Yeah. Like hard knocks. 
Kind of, yeah. I think, I mean, kind of a cross between Hard Knocks and Drive to Survive, or the yeah. new, and the that that's dropping on Peacock. One. No, so it's on um, CW. Weirdly enough, oh, that's right. Because um, I think that was the only network they could get. <laughs> yeah, if they could figure out, get a good contact at HBO. H- yeah, I was saying this area HBO shows they do not, they rarely miss. I feel like, yeah. Um, well, if it. If it goes over well, I can see them. I guess the problem with that is then you don't have it on, on like network TV anymore. Who's watching network TV right now? Old people. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. I love some network TV. I love WGN, the local news station um, that I don't get anymore. Uh, (laughs) And I like, you know, I like turning it, tuning into stuff that's live Mm -hmm. and it's like watching it with other people. It feels like Mm -hmm. a communal thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Uh, a lot of people have got the cord. Most households that spend money at least have HBO Max. Yeah, I did see though that their um, CW has their own app, and they're going to be on there. And like, I think part of the appeal to them about CW, aside from probably being the only, <laughs> like, I'm sure if NBC wanted it, like, yeah, NBC would would have taken it, mm-hmm. um, and they would have gone with NBC, um. But I mean, CW is very like, I don't know if you're familiar with their content. I mean, just, you know, uh, just like the random DC garbage uh, that (laughs) that comes out on that channel, um, to be honest. Uh Well, there's like Riverdale and I can't remember what the other like there's a few teen shows on there and a couple hits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure like your 17 year old that's watching Riverdale isn't like tuning in at 7 p.m. on Tuesday night. I'm sure they're watching on the app later, you know? Yeah. And so I did see that they're going to have the indie car show on the app like the next day or something. So I think that's another outlet for them. And mm. hopefully it will help boost the audience. But I wouldn't put my eggs in that basket. No, but <laughs> it's better than like to be <laughs> or whatever one of those i i think i feel like it's comparable um but so? maybe maybe it is better than to be uh yeah. you need some bezos money in here man we do. What's that guy doing put him in a car he'd probably want that that would be honestly that would be huge news if jeff bezos like you threw him into the indy 500 yeah let's do it I, and we'll talk to we, someone we'll pitch it Let's get this going on Twitter. Let's start a grassroots campaign. Hashtag Bezos 500. Yes. Get it going. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to tweet that as soon as we're done recording. Get Jeff Bezos (laughs) in a car. This thing's going to go to the moon. All right. Well, you got anything else? No, I'm all here for Bezos, baby. All right. Well, that's all we got for this episode. I'm AJ. That's Tyler. If you want to get in touch with us, you can shoot us an email at 16streetpod at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at 16streetpod. And for both of those, that's the numerals one six. Um, also, if you feel so inclined, uh, feel free to leave us a review or subscribe. We're on uh, Substack and Spotify. Either of those places would be great to uh, get a subscription from you. And also, as always, shout out to Penny Wishes for the title track. Love having you guys on the podcast. That's all we got. We'll catch you guys after Texas this weekend. Cheers.
Here they come, coming to the finish line, Bob Jenkins, who's going to win it?